Hey, Rocketeers, this is your host, Greg Webb. If you want to hear more awesome audio adventures and are looking for a way to support the show, sign up for the brand new Rocketeer Club membership. As an official Rocketeer Club member, you will get access to the entire Purple Rocket Library ad-free. You'll also get access to exclusive series, like our fully produced sci-fi epic, Norb, or the improvised bedtime stories I tell to my kids. You'll get activity books to accompany each of the seasons. I'm releasing one per month until I'm caught up. You'll get discounted merch, book-formatted read-alongs, and an app for a seamless listening experience. You can also gift a membership to your friends and family. So visit purplerocketpodcast.com or click the link in the episode description to sign up. Again, to get more audio adventures and help support the Purple Rocket, go to purplerocketpodcast.com or click the link in the description and sign up for an official Rocketeer Club membership. Thank you so much for your support, Rocketeers. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Winnie and the Pixie Knots. Episode 1 The Orchid. Do you believe in fairies? No, wait, don't answer that. Of course you don't. Nobody does. I can't say I blame you. Heck, I didn't believe in them until just a few months ago. Now, saying that I'm a believer would be an understatement. I've never been one to write in a journal, probably because my life just isn't that interesting, or at least it wasn't. But I've decided to make an exception in this case. You see, I've had some experiences with fairies, that I'm afraid if I didn't share, some old kook will come out with it before me and get all the credit. So, here it goes. I am Winifred May, but please, call me Winnie. My full name has Fred in it, and I'm a girl. Imagine all the stupid nicknames I've had to deal with. You gonna win a Fred, they'd say. Or, hey Winnie, want a Fred? Seriously? That doesn't even make sense, moron. Bottom line, call me Winifred and I break your nose. I might be 10, but that hasn't stopped me from punching the lights out of the biggest 6th grader on the playground. Yeah, you should ask him about it sometime, if he can remember. Anyway, I grew up in a little swampy town called Greenwood, and this is embarrassing to admit, but I've never been outside the town limits. Crazy, huh? Much of that has to do with my crabby Grandma Annie, She has more rules than the Bible and school put together, enough to make your head spin. My sister Louise and I have lived with Graham our whole lives, just the three of us. Where are your parents, you say? Don't ask. Not because it's a touchy subject, but because I haven't got a clue. Graham won't even talk about it, so I bet you it's pretty bad. I like to think they were important, though, like real important, Not those weird helicopter parents that are always following you around, fixing your hair, and making a stupid fuss whenever you put on a Sunday dress. I'm talking about the kind that all the neighborhood kids want to be around, because they always had something interesting to say. Winnie, I heard your dad saved a few babies yesterday, I'd imagine them say. 
Yep, that's the tenth this week, I'd reply, and then I'd dramatically flip my ponytail. My point is, my imaginary parents are way cooler than your real, overrated parents. So let's just leave it at that. Back to the good stuff. Fairies. If you found my journal with an orchid in it, or found an orchid in your room at some point, then you should feel pretty special. An orchid is a very sacred flower to some fairies, and it usually means that they see a believer in you. I'll explain a bit more later. The very first time I heard about fairies was the first time I'd heard of orchids. And it all started with Graham's story. She'd said that many years ago, when she was much younger and prettier, like 16 or something, she was asked on a date. The boy took her to the Greenwood County Fair, which back then was just a bunch of boring booths, stinky pig contests, and a lame dance. Yuck. But that didn't bother my grandma, because she thought this guy was hot stuff. In those days, there used to be a huge striped circus tent in the middle of the fair, and every night it lit up and filled with music. My grandma said seeing that glowing tent surrounded by maple trees under a blanket of stars was the most beautiful thing she'd ever seen. She frequently referred to it as God's campground. My grandma's a little dramatic, and like me, has never been outside Greenwood, so take what she says with a grain of salt. The woman thinks the Grand Canyon is a big hoax, for crying out loud. Anyway, she and her date stopped in front of this massive circus tent. Isn't it beautiful, Grandma said, taking it all in. Pretty neat, her date agreed. The poor boy was trying to juggle all the stupid prizes he'd won for her. Grandma swayed her polka dot dress and hummed to the music coming from the tent. Let's dance, she said. Oh, I don't know, Annie. I, I can't really go. Before he could protest, he was yanked into the tent. Inside, everyone was dancing to the folk band that played on the poorly assembled wood stage. A man that looked like a scarecrow wildly strummed a fiddle while his chubby counterparts plucked at a banjo and an upright bass. I don't know where I'm going to put all this, Annie, Grandma's date said. Can't we just go watch the fire twirler or something? I heard he's the cat's pajamas. Don't be such a sourpuss. Now come on, just follow my lead. Grandma grabbed him and pulled him in front of the stage. Knowing my gram, she probably about ripped his arm off and sent the stuffed toys flying all over the place. They boogied, as my grandma likes to put it, and pretty soon there was a circle around them. Actually, it was just her. She'd lost her date somewhere in the middle of her solo dance steps and acrobatic twirls. But she didn't care. This was the kind of attention that fueled her. As the banjo and fiddle hit their last note, Graham kicked high to the applause of everyone in the tent. It was then that she finally noticed she was dateless. Stepping back into her shoes, she left the dance floor to look for her date. Russ? Russ, where'd you go, you big ninny? She walked all over the tent, calling his name. Russ, you ain't jealous, are you? She said, approaching a man behind the stage. The man turned to her. Who's a what? The stranger slurred. Oh, sorry. After scouring every corner of the tent, she gave up her search and sat on a chair behind the stage, 
where the band was packing up their instruments. As she sat and thought about how she was going to get a ride home, she noticed a glimmer of light coming from the edge of the tent. At first, she thought it was just a big fat lightning bug, but when she squinted at it, she saw that it was coming from a single flower growing right by one of the stakes that held the tent down. A faint light glowed within its petals. Heavens! Grandma jumped. Checking over her shoulders, she walked over and knelt next to the flower to get a better look. It was a beautiful white orchid with pink spots, a very rare find for Greenwood County. As she reached out to touch it, it glowed again, this time bright enough to illuminate her whole face. She checked to see if anyone else was watching and then tilted the flower towards her to see inside. There, curled up between the petals, was a fairy. From what my grandma could gather, it was a tiny woman with itty-bitty shimmering wings and long, dark hair with a golden streak running through it. The tiny fairy struggled to open its eyes, but once it did, it stared up at Graham. Just stared. My grandma said she was so shocked that all she could do was stare back. And that was it. I know what you're thinking. Your grandma's crazy. I couldn't agree with you more. And trust me, every time she's told me this story, I roll my eyes just as you're doing this very second. After all, she ended the story horribly. Didn't you talk to it? I'd ask her when I was little. Nope, she'd say. Did you show it to anybody else? Heavens no! And put it in danger? It was hopeless. My grandma would always leave the story at that frustrating staring contest. Even so, my little sis Louise never doubted it for a minute. I've never met anyone who believed in fairies more than her. Sit down with her for two minutes and she'll have you convinced she is one for crying out loud. Louise is only five. But if you ask her, it changes every day. Last Monday, she told the baker she was 20, and when the baker laughed, she held up her fist and said, What's so funny, doughboy? She got a free donut for that one. She's a fireball, Louise. Oh, and don't call her Louise. A few months ago, she decided to go by just Lou. Lou and I have almost nothing in common. My hair is long and dark, Hers is short, light, and has a poofy patch that sticks straight up towards the back like a little duck. I like boys, she likes frogs, you get the point. The only thing we have in common are the big red birthmarks we have on our backs. Ask her about her sometime and she'll tell you some big stupid story about where it came from. Like her age, it changes every time. Truth is, we never really got along, Lou and I. It wasn't until we met the fairies that all that changed. That's right, fairies with an S. I'm afraid even after this story, you won't believe me. But that's not going to stop me from trying. So get comfortable. It all started on a beautiful spring morning.
Hey, Rocketeers, I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Winnie and the Pixie Knots. And fun fact, this was actually a story that I wrote for my wife years ago. Because my wife grew up making fairy gardens and loved fairies so much that I promised her I'd write her a fairy tale. So I'd like to dedicate this story to her. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get updates on all the new episodes of not just Winnie and the Pixie Knots, but all of the Purple Rocket podcast series. Stay tuned, Rocketeers. We're just getting started. This is your host, Greg Webb.